little cottage. And living in this cottage, there was a woman and her three children. It was late at night, the children, they were fast asleep, and the woman, she was getting ready to go to bed herself, when suddenly there came a knock on her door. Now, it was late, she wasn't expecting anyone, so she called out, Who is knocking on my door? And a voice replied, I am the witch of one horn. This was strange, so the woman, she went to the door, she opened it, and, well, there was a woman standing there with a horn growing straight out of her forehead. This horned woman, she pushed her way into the house, she sat down, and she took out a sack of wool. She began to comb the wool, to card it, to make it ready for spinning. Then there came a second knock on the door. Again, the woman of the house, she called out, Who is knocking on my door? And a voice replied, I am the witch of two horns. She opened the door, and there was a woman standing there, this time with two horns. This horned woman, she pushed her way into the house, sat down next to the first, and she took out a spinning wheel. The wool that the first witch combed, the second witch spun. Then there came a third knock on the door, and again the woman of the house, she called out, Who is knocking on my door? And a voice replied, I am the witch of three horns. And sure enough, there was a witch there with three horns. She pushed away into the house, sat down next to the first two, and she took out a loom. The wool the first witch combed, the second witch spun. And the third witch, she began to weave it into cloth. Now the woman of the house, she noticed something strange. Throughout all of this noise, all of this commotion, the children, the children hadn't woken up. They, they hadn't even stirred. She went to go and check on them and she found she couldn't move. Her feet, they felt like they were rooted to the ground. She tried to scream, but her jaw shoot, shut. She stood there, as still as a statue, as silent as the grave, for it felt like hours as the witches worked away. And then at last, one of the witches looked up and said, Woman, we're thirsty. Go make us a cup of tea. When she was given an order by the witches, the, the woman found that she was able to move again. She looked around for a bucket, for a pail, for something she could fetch water in, but she could find none. The witches, they saw this and they began to laugh. <laughs> in a sieve. Fetch the water in a sieve. So she picked up a sieve, she went outside to the well, she dipped the sieve in the water, but, well, it was a sieve. The water just fell straight through. The woman, she collapsed by the side of the well and she began to weep in terror and in frustration because her three children, they were still inside. She didn't know what the witches were planning, but it certainly couldn't be anything good. And then just as one of her tears fell into the water of the well, a voice called out, Patch the sieve with clay and with moss. Now the woman knew wells, they, they sometimes have a bit of magic to them, so she did as it said. She gathered clay from the ground, moss from the side of the well, and she used it to patch her sieve, and sure enough, it now held water. But the well, it called to her again. I'm not done helping you yet. Go to your house, go to the north corner, call out three times that the mountain of the Fenian women is on fire. So the woman did as the well said, she picked up her sieve of water, she walked around her house to the north corner and she called out three times. The mountain of the Fenian women is on fire. The mountain of the Fenian women is on fire. The mountain of the Fenian women is on fire. And when the witches heard it, they sprang to their feet. They ran out of the house and towards the north. With that mountain, it was their home. The woman, she ran back inside and she tried to wake up her children. But though she shook them and shook them, they, they just wouldn't wake up. She ran back to the well and called, Well, well, 
How do I break the spell? Spell! The well told her what to do. First, she would need to take the water in the sieve, wash the children's feet, then scatter the water all around the clay path that led to her home. Next, she would need to find a rowan tree, take its branches and use them to bar shut her door. And lastly, she would need to take the cloth the witches had been making. She would need to place this cloth half in, half out of a chest, close the lid and lock it tight. But she'd need to hurry. The witches would be back. So the woman ran to do as the well said. She took the sip of water, she washed her children's feet, and then she flung the water all around the clay path that led to her home. Next, she looked for a rowan tree, one it grew not too far from her house. She ran to it with her bare hands, she tore off the branches. She brought them inside and she used them to bar shut her door. And lastly, she picked up the cloth the witches had been making. Now, when she picked up the cloth, it felt, it felt strange. It felt heavy, where it should feel light. It felt cold, where it should feel warm, but she placed the cloth half in, half out of a chest, and she closed the lid and locked it tight with an iron padlock. And she was only just in time, because the witches, they had returned. They were angry that the woman had tried to trick them, so the first witch she called to the path, Water and clay, water and clay, open my way, water and clay. But the water just called back, I can't. I've been scattered. The second witch, she called to the door. Wood of tree. Wood of tree, open for me, you wood of tree. But the door just called back. I can't. I've been bored. The last witch, well, she called to the cloth. Woven and spun. Woven and spun, make the locks undone. You woven and spun. But the cloth just called back, I'm stuck. I can't move. And just as the cloth called out the sun, it began to rise. And when the light of the sun fell on the skin of the witches, they melted into nothing but morning mist. And the children woke up. They called out for their mother. They'd had strange and terrible dreams. The woman, she gathered the children close. She comforted them. But she didn't tell them what had happened. Not until her oldest daughter was old enough to understand such things. Only then did she tell them about the night of the horned women. And when that daughter was grown and she had children of her own, she told her daughter. That daughter told her daughter. That daughter told hers. And the story, it got passed on, mother to daughter, for nearly 500 years. And now I'm passing it on to you. So that was the story of the Horned Women, the Night of the Horned Women. It's sometimes called the Twelve Horned Women because in other versions there are twelve horned witches who come in one by one and go about the task of making cloth from wool. I cut it down to three because it takes a long time to tell the story with twelve horned women uh, and three, quite a magical number. If anyone listens to the Leprechaun Museum podcast, you may recognise that story because I told it on their episode on home and hospitality. It's a story I often tell in the Leprechaun Museum around the well at the end, which is quite nice because the well has a good echo, which helps when I'm doing the well's voice. I found that story in a collection of Irish fairy tales by Joseph Jacobs. Joseph Jacobs got that story from Lady Wilde. 
uh, some of you may know Lady Wilde as the mother of Oscar Wilde, but in her own right, she was a great folklorist, author, essayist, a very interesting woman. She often wrote under the name Speranza, and she recorded that story in the west of Ireland with the Twelve Horned Women. It's a story you find a number of variations. The wonderful podcast, The Story Archaeologists, they discuss it in their episode uh, entitled Corpse Carrying for Beginners, because the idea of the, the ritual of things you do to protect your house shows up in a number of folk tales, uh, in the oldest one probably being the story of Nera and the Corpse, uh, as well as changing uh, from 12 horned women to just three horned women. I also made a change with the cup of tea. In Lady Wilde's story, the witches ask for the woman to make them a cake, uh, an oat cake. You'd mix your know, water and oat and you make a sort of porridgey cake and it dries out and you cook it by the fire. She has no water, so they send her out with a sieve. The, when she comes back, though, the witches have got tired of waiting for her and have drawn blood from the children to make the cake, which is, makes a sort of like black pudding thing. The uh, well tells her that she needs to, rather than gather the tree, the, rather than gather the wood of a rowan tree, she needs to take the blood cake the witches have been making and place a small bit in her children's mouth and under her children's pillow. This brings in the whole thing of like blood magic being quite important and also the tradition of, you know, making blood puddings. I changed this firstly to the, uh, the cup of tea rather than the cake. Uh, just because we Irish, we love a good cup of tea. And I was telling this to some children and I I sort of thought their parents might get a bit freaked out by the idea. Children, they love blood. But I thought their parents might get a bit freaked out by the idea of this, this whole blood magic thing going on. And I also wanted to bring in the rowan tree because in Irish folklore trees, they have associations and rowan trees are often good for protection, particularly protection for women and children you would use the, the wood of the rowan to make cradles and things. So I just wanted to bring that bit in. It also, I found it easier to come up with a rhyme for wood of tree than um, cake made out of blood and oak. Sorry, blood and cake made out of blood and oats. So that was my slight alterations to the story. I really hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this mini episode. Uh, next fortnight, we will have a full length episode. We've been doing a bit of research on this one because it's a really fun topic. We also have an announcement that is coming out quite soon. I can't tell you just yet, but people on our Patreon might have seen it already. If you've enjoyed this podcast, the mini episodes, the full length episodes, uh, please get in touch with us. We're on Twitter at Tales Shadows. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Tales from the Shadows. Uh, leave us a review. If you really, really enjoyed this episode, we have a Patreon. Uh, if you want to support us, uh, that would be lovely. We have some really wonderful patrons and it does help to make a difference. Again, I hope you've enjoyed this story and I hope you keep your house safe. Bye. <laughs>